Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Good morning, everyone. Okay, I just had to get to the Bible reading. So, this morning's Bible reading is from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, and it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, who, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. So, um, actually, let's start with prayer, because we want God to speak this morning. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. God, we pray that, that you can speak to us and that we can have our hearts and our minds and our ears open to hear everything that you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we are in a series, Shaping Culture, and the core value that I'm talking about today is authentic community. So I thought I'd start by looking at authentic and then we'll go on to community and then we'll meld them all together and then we'll go and have coffee. Is everybody okay with that? Excellent. So I looked at the dictionary definition of authentic. So according to dictionary.com, it means not false or copied, Genuine, real, having an origin supported by unquestionable evidence, authenticated, verified, representing one's true nature or beliefs, true to oneself or to the person identified. So basically it's being real. So just to start this morning, I thought we'd have a bit of fun and play a game just to you know, explore this concept of real versus fake. So we're gonna have some images come up on the screen in a minute. So if you want to put up the next slide, and we're going to work out which is the real one and which is the fake one. So you've got two Rolexes there. One's real, one, one's fake. Who thinks it's the one on your left? Hands up. The one on the right? Hands up. Who can't tell the difference? Me. <laughs> um, let's see who was right. Next slide. The one on the, your right was right. Next one. We've got some Gucci handbags. Everybody loves a bit of Gucci. Who, who thinks the one on the left? One on the right? Let's see which one it was. The one on the, your left. <laughs> I've got to get confused because I'm facing the wrong way. All right, last one, Apple AirPods. One on the right, one on the left. Right, who thinks the one on the right? Who thinks the one on the left? Who can't tell the difference? I can't at all. 
let's see, the one on the left. <laughs> all right, so the point of that exercise wasn't just to make sure you were all awake, although that is handy when you're preaching to know that everyone's awake, but it was actually just to demonstrate that sometimes when something's not authentic, it's actually hard to tell the difference. And I feel like sometimes in church, I'm sure this is no one here, but I have in the past, come into church and you put on your happy smiley face and you, you know, dress in your Sunday best and you go, everything's all good, everything's fine, I'm all good. In fact, in my last church, at one stage, my pastors actually associated the phrase, it's all good, with me because I used to say it so much. It's all good, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. It wasn't all good, but that was my way of saying, I actually don't want to tell you what's not good. Because I didn't think that anyone actually wanted to know what wasn't good. They didn't want to know the nitty gritty if I was, you know, having financial trouble or, you know, was lonely or anything like that. They just wanted to know it's all good. I have since learned that that is not authentic. That's not the real me. So, um, we actually, I was going to say, we see a bit of this on social media. And social media is not a terrible thing and you can connect with people on social media. But there is a bit of an issue, I think, particularly with young people because we don't see everything on social media. People put up their picture of you know, their new car or their new house or they, they put up the picture of their little Johnny getting his award for being a powerful learner. They don't put up the picture of little Johnny screaming at them because you're not doing your shoelaces up the right way. That never happens in our house, by the way. <laughs> um, but you get the point. And I love there's a quote by Stephen Furtick, which is, and I think... Um, Josh has used this once before. It says, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we are comparing our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Sometimes we think everybody else is doing so well, so we're just going to come in and we're going to show that we're doing really well as well. And the thing is that God created us all different. And I loved Glenys's, um illustration this morning of the leaf and how it's so intricate and how God and you know that was wonder Glennis is amazing isn't she who thinks Glennis is amazing um <laughs> but we are all different and God created us with different personalities and we have to be true to who we are um another example <laughs> I'm not a, I'm a messy cook I'll just put it out there right now I am not a tidy person. I used to have a friend at my old church who I did some cooking with her and she was one of those people, you know, I'm sure all of you are like this, that everything's clean before it's even dirty. Like, I don't even remember seeing mess on her bench when we were cooking. And I had to make these uh, shortbread biscuits for a Christmas service, star-shaped shortbread biscuits. And... Uh, <laughs> I'd never made shortbread before, so I don't know what ever possessed me to do this. But my kitchen was like, the whole bench was covered in flour. It was mess from one end to the other. Anyway, in the midst of this process, 
my friend, who's the super tidy, neat one that has everything tidy, she said, do you need help with this? Now, I'd done a bit of work prior to this on personalities. So in the past, I would have said, no, no, I'm fine. It's all good. Everything's fine. But because I'd learnt since that time that we do all have different personalities and we do need to accept and embrace that we're all different, I sent her a photo of my kitchen and said, do you think? <laughs> do you think I need help? <laughs> because we're different. And she got a laugh and I got a laugh and we just embraced the fact that we are all different and we need to be our authentic self. And if we're looking at an example of authentic in the Bible, we just have to look at Jesus. Jesus um, was perfect. He actually didn't have to pretend to be perfect. He actually was perfect. And he actually um, ate, like he didn't try and make people think, oh, I'm perfect, so I can't be with you or I'm better than you. He actually, it says he ate with the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees were going, why are you doing that? And he was like, well, because the sick don't need a doctor. He, he met people where they were at, constantly, just met people where they were at. And even at the cross, he said, forgive them, Father, they do not know what they do. He was still the same person, still forgiving, still loving. So now we move on to community. So, again, the dictionary definition of community is a social group of any size whose members reside in a specific locality, share government, and often have a common cultural and historical heritage. So we all, you know, as a church, we share a common bond. We, we believe in Jesus, and so that's our community. But why do we need community? So, um, God pretty much said it back in Genesis. In chapter 2, verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We weren't meant to be alone. We were meant to be in community with each other. So, I've got some stats. Who likes a good stat? Anyone like a good stat? I'm a stat person. So, according to the Australian Institute of Health and Wellness website, social isolation and loneliness have been linked to mental illness, emotional distress, suicide, development of dementia, premature death, poor health behaviours such as smoking, physical inactivity and a whole list of other things. It says that the risk of premature death associated with social isolation is similar to the risk of premature death from other things like obesity and smoking. It's important that we're in community with each other. Some more stats, sorry for the stat-heavy sermon. <laughs> This is, um, this, these stats are from 2018, so I actually think they'd be higher now. Um, it said one in ten Australians aged over 15 reported a lack of social support. 
One in four reported they currently are experiencing an episode of loneliness and one in two report they feel lonely at least one day each week. Community is the opposite of social isolation. Being in community is what will impact those statistics. And I think as a society, I'm not saying as a church, but as a society we don't do that all that well anymore. People don't know their neighbours anymore, or not much. Um, and I think people are alone a lot. A good example of community is, um, I don't know, is anyone familiar with blue zones? Blue zones, anyone? So blue zones are places in the world where they have the highest longevity rates. So the highest number of centenarians um, and the highest longevity. And one of the blue zones is a place called Okinawa. Now, in Okinawa, um, one of the things that they attribute these blue zones, to, that this longevity to, is a thing called Moai. I think I've pronounced that right, Moai. And what that is, is as little children, people are grouped together in a group of five, about five people, and they do life together, their whole life. And they say if somebody needs financial support, they pull their resources to support them financially. If someone's sick, they'll, that mo, their moai will get around them and look after them. Now, what does that sound like in church? Life groups. Well done. We can create that community in our life groups. And I know like probably most of you have wonderful life groups that you go to. Um, what it doesn't look like, I, I read an article by uh, Pastor Stephen Blandino, and he said, people often envision biblical community in a somewhat unrealistic way. Some picture a nice, clean package of happy smiles where Christians don't have any problems. They envision a small group of religious perfectionists sitting in someone's living room, talking about God while impressing each other with their Bible brains. That's not community. The truth is, community is messy. And it is. When we bring our life with all of our issues and problems and, you know, maybe you, none of you have any issues, but <laughs> I have issues and problems. No, we're all not perfect. And we bring it and we put it all into somebody's living room and mix it all up. It can get messy. I remember a pastor saying, church is like Noah's Ark. It can be noisy and it can be messy and it can be stinky probably sometimes, <laughs> but it's better than the alternative. And the alternative to Noah's Ark was drowning in a flood. And I believe that there's people out there in our community today that are drowning in a flood of depression, in a flood of loneliness, because they don't have that community. And I think that as we create that in the church, those people will have a place to come into and they'll see a very real, authentic community. Those statistics, when I read that, I, I just, I actually felt quite emotional because I thought, I, I love coming to church, 
And I know myself, I actually, I got convicted while I was preparing my message. Don't you love it how God does that? You're preparing a message on something and he's like, actually, (laughs) there's something you need to do. And we have a life group, a family life group. And I hadn't really rung anybody or organised a meeting or a catch-up. So I felt, okay, I'm going to just invite people over. I'm going to set a date, send it out, and see who can come. And that, that was good. We got some answers back. But I think, like, one of my thoughts around it was, and I was just actually thinking this this morning, the media portrays a perfect picture so, you know, we have uh, cooking shows like MasterChef and My Kitchen Rules and they show this perfect picture of a perfect meal set out on a perfect plate, like perfectly presented. And then we have the home shows with the perfect homes and, you know, perfectly presented. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I think we think that we have to present our, like, to have community at home or you know, we have to present like that. So, you know, I remember reading somewhere about, you know, when you're having someone over for dinner and you spend the whole day making your house look like nobody lives there. The cushion's just in the right spot. The blinds are just in the right spot. The rug is just in the right spot. Your house never looks like that any other day of the week. (laughs) But you present, you spend all day making it perfect because you think no one can come and see what this really looks like, even though it probably doesn't even look that messy. But my point is we need to be authentic. And that might be just letting go of all those perfect images, letting go of what everybody thinks, and just being yourself. And what I have learnt is as we are authentic and we be ourselves and be real. Others, it actually gives permission to others to be real as well. I know I have a friend at work and she's got a bunch of kids and we have a bunch of kids and, you know, we'll quite often exchange stories about some of the experiences that happen between waking them up from the bedroom and getting them into the car. (laughs) And they're not all good. (laughs) But what happens is, I exchange my stories and then that gives her permission to exchange her stories and then we have real community because we can talk about it and then help each other. But if you don't actually exchange those stories, if you don't actually be that person and allow others to to be themselves, then you never have that authentic community. And in church, I think our reading this morning actually summed it up pretty well. Um... It said, you know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I liked the bit where in um, 44 it said they were all gathered together with everything in common and they all shared their resources. They um, continued to meet daily. That's our example of what community looks like in church. I mean, you might not meet daily, but you set aside a time, like whatever that time is. For some people, it might be making a phone call. You might not, like you might be busy, but you might say, well, you know, I can't get out of the house. Maybe set a time that you're going to call someone and have a chat, talk about what's going on, 
pray together. It might be starting a life group. It might be going to a life group. Um, inviting people over for dinner without stressing about whether, what they're going to think about you. Just have a barbie. Tim loves to cook a barbie. We'll have a barbie. But whatever it is, invite people out for coffee. Just go to a coffee shop. But I, th- I believe that as we form authentic community within the church, that will build our faith and give courage for us to reach out um, to others that don't know God, those people that are drowning in that sea of loneliness and sea of depression because they don't have anyone to talk to and invite them into that safe, genuine community space and that will see people come to know God. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you are with us. And God, we thank you that you have created each and every one of us different, each and every one of us unique. And God, I pray as we go about our week this week that you can help us to be real, help us to be ourselves and and create those genuine, authentic relationships and community that you have called us to, in Jesus' name. Well, thanks once again for joining us. If this service has been a blessing to you, why not share it with someone you know, or better yet, post it on your social feed, because you never know how God might use what you share to bless someone you didn't even know needed it. Special thank you if you contribute towards making this ministry possible. We are so grateful. If you'd like to help, head to gawleyuniting.org.au and follow the links to begin giving. God bless you and we'll see you next time.